Good morning and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. In only two months, guys, we have grown to 10,000 monthly listeners. Wow, blows my mind. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I get hundreds of messages every day saying how much this podcast is helping people. So if I could ask whatever application you may be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon or anywhere else, if you could please give me a five star rating, it will really help push the podcast so that we can help even more people. My goal is to be reaching 50,000 monthly listeners by the end of the year and you guys can directly help me achieve that. Anyway, enjoy the following episode. So I've got a couple of hands up already. Nazia, I'm going to start with you. Whenever you are ready, ask me your question. I need to start a divorce and I need to do the final, final, financial settlement thing. Yeah. I don't have that much money. I'm a single parent. Yeah. He just never paid for anything and yeah. I'm going to have to start the divorce proceedings. Um what's the cheapest way of doing this so the divorce you can do yourself so if you go onto the government website you can do it all yourself and all it's going to cost you nazia is the price of the court fee which is 593 pounds now if you feel that you may qualify for fee remission you may also be entitled to some money off that court fee okay so what that means is that if you fill out the ex160a form Um, and submit that into court first they will then tell you if you're entitled to free court fees essentially and they'll give you a number and then you put that number on your divorce application so that's how that works when it comes to the finances um, the finances are slightly different I would always suggest that you get um, at least one hour with a solicitor to find out what you're entitled to or the best type of order to get, whether that be a clean break or or what have you. Um, And then again, you can pursue that yourself. I think once you know what you're entitled to, you can then pursue that yourself, usually by... Um, trying to negotiate with the other side. If that doesn't work, mediation. And if that doesn't work, a court application. But try to get what some does, advice. Go on. What doesn't? So I've spoken to a friend who happens to be a solicitor. Yeah. I've told him that my ex has. He doesn't want the house. He says he doesn't want nothing. He's not. But then that's verbally. He hasn't written it down yet. So what does mediate, is it mediation you said? Yeah, mediation, yeah. So, well, it may be that mediation doesn't apply then because if you write to him and say, are you willing to put that into writing and he says yes, then you won't need to go to mediation. Mediation is to... I was just going to say, it, it just it helps parties try to agree a settlement um, without the need of going to court, that's all. Okay, so could it just be a piece of paper? I write, type it up. He signs it. I sign no, it no, it will. It will have to be drafted by a solicitor. The actual order itself will have to be drafted. Yeah, but it's so much cheaper, Nazia, if you can go along to the solicitor and say to them, "This is what we've agreed. This is what we want. Could you please draft it?" You know, the expense comes where parties um, are arguing, but if you're all agreed, it'll be really straightforward. Brilliant. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Uh, Bex, you are next up. Whenever you're ready, ask me your question. Hello. Hello. I can, yeah. Lovely. So, um, we have a four-year-old son. Yeah. And um, my ex-partner is very inconsistent. We've spoken 
Um, we've tried to resolve it, but he doesn't make the effort himself. Um, the effort always has to come from um, my family. So I had to take myself out of the situation because um, it got quite nuts. He got quite nasty to me. Mm. Um, he, but he's just not making a consistent effort himself. And it's actually getting to the point now where it's really taking its toll um, on my family. What okay. can I do? In, in, well, what, what are you trying to achieve, Bex? Let, let, let's start there. So, you know, he came back saying that he wanted contact. Yeah. Um, that he wanted to see our son, which was fine. So we then sort of sat down and said, okay, let's start off with one phone call, one visit a month. And the first two months, this went fab. After that, he just dwindled away again. Okay, so so let me let me ask you again, Bex. What is it that you want? You're telling me what he wants and what he's doing, but what are you looking for? consistency and and what does that look like alternate weekends one night in the week what 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 do you what do you think's appropriate i would be happy yeah. if he stuck if he could just for the, for now until he could get in the swing of things stick to his one phone call one visit a month you know he's he's no longer in the area he's a couple of hours away so that suited him quite well um but you know he just he can't even stick to the bare minimum at the minute okay um it's such a headbutt and it almost feels like again we're trying to force it rather than it coming from him yeah so so this may seem contradictory but believe it or not sometimes upping the amount of contact and getting into more of a rhythm can help not always so what i mean by that is if it's once a month you, it can sort of lack enthusiasm. But if it's maybe once a fortnight and every other Wednesday he has to make the call, it might be easier to get into a rhythm of Wednesday evenings making the call, for example. Do you know what I mean? Rather than sort of the last Sunday of the month, because that, that's harder to um, remember, potentially. So I yeah. would suggest talking to him and saying, look, should we just get into a rhythm of phone calls first? And what about we do, you know, every other Wednesday? Or if he's up for it, what about we do every Wednesday? Just a five or a ten minute call. And maybe drop the direct contact initially um, and just get into into a, a good routine with that, with the phone calls. Because that will always be in the child's best interest anyway. Whether it's indirect contact or, or direct contact, just getting a routine would be better. Okay. That, that's where I would start, Bex, and then go from there. And look, if you're trying to push water up a wall and it's getting you nowhere, then there the, the may come a time where you just have to throw your hands in the air and go, I've done my best. Um, yeah. I, can't, I can't do any more. You know, so I've said to him, I, I really think that mediation will be a good start for us both, not, you know, because it has got so volatile, separate mediation, yeah. but yeah. mediation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's and you know you got his family saying oh, he hasn't got the gumption to do that. This is the new him. Unfortunately, you're just going to have to deal with that. And I think, but do we really have to deal with that? No. Is, is that yeah. is that really okay? Yeah. It's it it's not, is it really? And and as you say, mm. it can be really disruptive um, on the child if the if the contact is so irregular that they don't know what's going on. Um, so yeah, I, I I would maybe simplify it by just having calls, but having them on a more regular basis and see how you go with that. 
Okay. All okay, right. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Bex. Bye. Bye. Um, so we always go live on TikTok and it's a regular when we do these Discord sessions and we do Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. However, tonight for the first time, we are also live on Facebook and there's lots of people on Facebook saying, well, how do we get on and ask a question? I'm on what's called Discord. So what you're hearing is people that have downloaded the app called Discord. They've created a profile. They have then come to the legal queen and they're in the lounge. They then put their hand up and I can invite them onto the stage to ask me a question. So for those of you on Facebook that are new to this and thinking what's going on and you want to ask me a question, that's how you do it, okay? Um, I'm going to come to you in one second, Siane, but just I noticed on Facebook um, somebody said, can a process server serve paper to someone in prison? Um, the answer to that is yes, but I would add to that, why would you need to use a process server? If they're in prison, they're not going anywhere, and that's probably the easiest place to be able to prove that someone has been served. Um, Siani, what's your question? Hello, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Yeah. So um, I've recently split up um, with my ex and we bought a property last year. Yeah. And we had a declaration of trust in place. Yeah. Um, but I received um, an email from a barrister saying that he wants the equity because he did work on the house now. So he kind of wants to break the declaration of trust. Um, we've got I've got an occupation order as well at yeah. the moment, so yeah. I was advised that we'd have to put the house up for sale because mm. um, he put a majority of the money down. So I managed to find a property in the meantime, thinking it was going up for sale, because um, that's what they was wanting me to do: place the property up for sale immediately. Yeah. Um, and then they wanted to try and change the uh, declaration of trust because he'd spent five thousand pounds doing the house up. Um, I play. I've tried to place the property for sale and now he's stopping it because he knows that I've moved out and saying that he wants to move back in now um, and he's going to take me to court to challenge the declaration of trust. Okay. I just wondered where do I stand? Can I go back into the property because I can't now rent somewhere because he's he's stopped the sale of the house so I yeah. kind of need to go back. Yeah. And also, where do I stand? Can he break the declaration of trust? So that that's a bigger picture question, Siani, and I wouldn't mm. be able to answer that on, on this platform. You're definitely going to need mm. legal advice there because the documents are going to have to be looked at, okay? So the declaration yeah, yeah. of trust is going to have to be looked at and obviously the history to this matter um, so that mm. we can get some context there. Obviously, yeah. if you are homeless and need to go back in um, yeah. and you know you have lived there previously... It's difficult. Yeah. Did, did you say that he still lives there? No, he moved, he had to move out because right. um, I had an occupation order. So okay. The occupation order, yeah. So um, is it empty at the moment? Is sorry. Pardon? Is it is it empty at the moment? The property. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, because I thought I'd have to put it up for sale. You sure. Because he was challenged, saying that I'd, well, his barrister said that I needed to place it up for sale immediately. Sure. Yeah. But he's now stopping that. Okay. Um, so, I mean, the answer to your question is yes, absolutely. You know, if, if you've mm -hmm. moved out of there and you now need to go mm -hmm. back in because effectively yeah. you, you could be homeless. I think yeah. I think that's probably not the bigger problem. The bigger problem yeah. is how successful is he going to be if he makes a court application? And for that, yeah, exactly. I'm going to suggest that you get some legal advice for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just... Well, I just wondered, so I can go back into the property. He's just, he's going to challenge that. I'm just concerned he's trying to get back in the property and then he doesn't want to sell it. That's, I think that's what he's trying to do now because he knows okay. it's empty. Okay. 
Well, even if he doesn't want to sell it, it means that you're mm. making an application for an order for sale. I mean, mm. you, you, mm. I take it you're named on the property. You're a joint owner. I am, yes. yeah. yeah. So you've got yeah. every right to go back into the property. That's fine. Yeah. Lovely. All right. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thanks then. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Kipsy90, let's try you again. I, I put you back on the stage. Hello? Hello. Thank Hello. You. Sorry. That's okay. Um, I just had to get out of the house away from the children. That's a much better line. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so me and the children's dad, we, um, we've been married for five years, together yeah. for ten. Yeah. Um, he decided to leave. Um, there was obviously no talking about it, you know. He said that we'll go to counselling to learn how to communicate for the children. But as soon as, like, we we had an argument one day before the session and he didn't turn up and that was the end of that. Yeah. Um, and he's been very, he's very controlling over um, a lot of things. So we part own our house. Mm. Um, and obviously we're both named on the deeds. Yeah. Um, but he won't give up his key to the house and he always uses it as a um as a control okay so what's your question of me kipsy um so basically um he's he's brought in a solicitor to deal with the financial side and we've been to yeah. mediation one yeah but um i just wondered um he's refusing to talk about the children in mediation okay um and we were meant to um, schedule another one, but they've said that he's refusing to go unless we're only talking about the financial side of the divorce. We've already got our decree nicely. Um So I just wondered where I stand because he's he keeps trying to say, you know, he's not going to discuss why he won't talk about the children, kind of making out that he's got something on me. He's kind of got me to the point where... I, I'm too scared to do anything. But but you um, know, I think you know deep down though, Kipsy, that is mind games. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got me to the point where I'm scared of doing anything. Yeah. But and, but you know, he's always threatening to go to court. And, yeah. Like the thing is, is that his parents will pay for us this stuff. Yeah. Whereas I don't, I don't have the funds for that. Um, but it, but know, it, not many people do. No, absolutely. Um, and one of the reasons that that I do this this um, discord. But it won't all be about money. It, honestly, when it comes to the children, I mean, just to just to jump in there slightly. So mediation is voluntary, as you know. So if he doesn't want to speak yeah. about the children in mediation, fine. I would let that go. Um, you know, don't don't force him to talk about it if he doesn't want to. I would really play your poker face here, okay? Um, he he is. It, this is a strategy that he's decided to use, and that's absolutely fine. Um, he knows that it's your Achilles heel. It's most mums Achilles heel, the children. We're less concerned about the finances and more concerned about who the children are going to live with. So don't let him see that weakness in you is what I would say. And have every yeah. confidence that actually if he does take you to court, you meet that application. It's absolutely fine. You know, the court... The thing is, is that he he's stopping the boys from playing football. So they've been playing football since they were three and four. Okay. They're now nearly nine and 10 yeah and he has them on Sundays Mondays and drops them to school Tuesday yeah and because that fits around his work so nothing's ever around 
what the can work for both of us. It's yeah. always his way or the highway. Yeah. And if he doesn't get what he wants, he throws his toys out of the prayer. Yeah. Um, and so Sundays they play games for their team. And he's now saying that he won't allow them to play at the end of this season if um, I don't move it to my day, so a Saturday. But there's no grassroots teams that play on Saturdays. So um, so then what, so... what you do, Kipsy, is you make an application for what we call a specific issues order. You can make that application and you ask the court for an order that the children be allowed to play a sport they've played for the last six years. The yeah, court's going to say yes. That he's he's t- he's explained to them why he doesn't want to do it on his one and only day with them, and it's all about his time. Um, you know, when actually it's it's the boys' weekends. Like, yeah, we're just we're just we're just looking after them. <laughs> like yeah. we're spending our time with them. Like, yeah, it's what, what they want to do. Yeah, and you know, I'll drive them wherever they need to go as long as they're happy and they do what they want. I don't care what I have to do. But he's just like, you know, and he said that they know if that doesn't happen, like playing on a Saturday, that they know who's to blame. Um, okay. Okay. So, and, again, you know, again, it's it's mind games. I mean, the, the, there's no real um, direct question, Kipsy. I think that you, you are just slightly intimidated by him. And I think the best thing I can tell you is don't be. Honestly, don't be. Recognise that you are the other parent and you have just as much rights and responsibilities as dad does, if not a little bit more. So where he has them, like, on a Sunday, Monday and drops them to school Tuesday, would, if I went to court and tried to get it where he has them every other weekend, where he's been having them every weekend? Yeah, the court, so the court are less inclined... Yeah, the court are less inclined to reduce contact. If we've got a routine, then they're going to be looking to keep the status quo. So you're probably going to struggle, but that that's going to depend on what's in the best interest of the children. Um, what what because I'm going to he can't get them to school on time either. Yeah, so, so I was just going to say yeah. what I'm going to suggest is that you you get some legal advice because in order to um, answer your question, which is essentially what would the success of an application be? We, I'd need to know a lot more. I'd need to know a lot more about the history, how long it's been going on. Like you've just dropped into the conversation there. We can't get them to school on time. Would we be able to get evidence of that from the school, etc.? So before yeah. we could actually answer that question properly, um, we'd need a bit more information. So I think, Kipsy, in your situation, you're going to have to take some legal advice. Right. All right. Okay. Lovely. But, yeah. th- but thank you for thank coming you. on and sharing that because there's loads of people in the same position as you. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, Lulu, you are next up. What's your question? I have a question. I have a question about how to best prepare for an effective faith consultation with a solicitor regarding financial order. So uh, working towards the conditional order now and um, in preparation for the financial matters. Yeah. And I wanted to know what are the questions one should ask the solicitor and what is the information one should provide for him or her so that we know what we are entitled to so that the paid consultation with the solicitor is effective. Okay. Well, I can only tell you how I would conduct a consultation with regard to finances. And generally, for the first half hour, I'm asking a lot of the questions. So I will always start with all the background information that I need. So length of marriage, age of parties, are there children? What do you each earn? Um, If somebody does work or doesn't work, what 
that looks like. And then I'll go into the assets that are in the marriage. And then I'll go into the debts that are in the marriage. And then I'll talk about the pensions and if we have any of those. And then I would give advice. And ultimately, the advice will be what the court would consider to be fair and reasonable based on the information or the answers to the questions that I've asked, what the court would consider to be fair and reasonable in terms of getting a financial order. So I think once you get that advice, then that will probably trigger questions then from you. But what would happen in this instance? And, you know, would I be entitled to this, for example? So I think it will probably go, Lulu, the opposite way to what you're thinking, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does that help? He does. Thank you so much. Right. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye-bye. Rahim, you are next up. What's your question? Hi, Tracy. Yeah. Um, so uh, I got issued a, a few weeks, about a month ago, I got issued a, um, a D81 form to fill yeah. out my finance, which I, which I believe is a light touch um, compared to the Form E. Yeah. And um, the um, suggestion was that we, you know, keep our own assets and, and debts. Um, the that's a bit tricky, but that's another story. So w what I did is um, I didn't agree with that um, initially. And as a result, the next letter from the solicitor said, well, we want a for me. Yep. And then having, having some legal advice, thinking about it, what I've said is I'd actually like to honour the, the sort of first suggestion, which was do the D D81 and um, do, do the split, the clean break agreement and do the split in the way that she suggested. Yeah. Um, does she have to honour that first one or no. can it now refuse that and yeah, go to she, a form E? She, she, um, can, she can refuse that, Raheem. But let me just clarify something. The D81 isn't a light touch for the form E. So the D81 um, accompanies an agreed consent order that we send into the court and it's the court's way of checking um, that the order it's been asked to make is fair and reasonable. So if she's no longer in agreement to the consent order that she has proposed, then absolutely. She can now say, well, um, actually, I do want to have um, for me and full and frank financial disclosure. And there isn't too much that you can do about that, unfortunately, um, because you've no longer no, got consent. Fine, the the yeah. DA1 form came without any sort of consent order. It was just, um, okay. it was just a, it, I was just told, here's my client's DAT1 yeah. form. Can you voluntarily fill it out before we go to uh, doing a yeah, uh, I think, consent order? I think I probably would yeah. have gone back to them and said, uh, well, what's your client proposing? You know, before we do the DAT1, can I just ask what the proposal is here? Um, so the proposal was in email. The email said um, a clean break. So it said what? Oh, okay. The, so a clean yeah, break. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we alluded to in the email about how the finances finances should be split and that they right. go for a clean break agreement. So there's no you, agreement that came through. So you weren't in agreement to a clean break. Is that why you didn't fill out the D eighty one? Initially, no, because it, it it was said that I did agree to to it, yep. um, but in it, but we hadn't had we hadn't had a conversation around it. And, okay. Um, there were some loans in my name, which uh, effectively I, I took out, but gave her the full got you full money for. So I didn't yep. agree with it at the beginning because if we had a clean break, that means I'm stuck with the remainders the of her loans. Yeah. So I didn't agree to it at first, but then. Haven't thought about it. Um, you know, I thought that 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 is probably just the easy way, just to sort of 
I guess not delayed the divorce process and just you know move get on, on really. with it. Yeah. Well, all you can do, Raheem, is if if they're not in agreement to doing a clean break now, um, is is just you know do your for me. Got it. Got it. All, all right. right. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Um, Thank you. Bye. So there's a couple bye. of questions on the Facebook that I'm trying to get to. So Cameron says, do I have to wait for my ex to register the baby before applying for PR? If the baby is registered and you are on the birth certificate, Cameron, you will already have PR. Um, but no, you can. If mum isn't putting you on the birth certificate and is telling you you're not going on the birth certificate, you can apply for PR from the minute the baby's born. You don't have to wait until the baby's registered. Okay, so hopefully that answers your question. While I'm waiting for Beth, Brendan on Facebook says, can you change a signed court order a few years later? Only by further order of the court, Brendan. Um, if you'll have to go back to court and make an application to vary. Okay, so I hope that helps. Uh, Beth, what's your question? Hiya, um, I've actually got a couple of questions. Hope that's okay. But okay. The first one is um, my ex-partner and I have had a court order in place since March 2021 that he applied for. Since then, he's got everything that he wanted, basically. I just kind of let him have it. But he's broken the court order 15 times since then. Most recently was February half term. Yeah. Um, just for some context, he lives at the bottom of the country. We live 400 miles away from each other. I got um, you. So I was just kind of wondering where, what do I do with that? The fact that he's done that. He just didn't turn up, no message. My son was ready to go and he just didn't turn up, basically. Has he provided you with an explanation since, Beth, or still no, nothing? No. Nothing. I've not, and maintenance has actually been due as well for the past couple of days, and I haven't had that either. Is, so. th is this is this like him to do this? Does he? Does um, he... Well, like I say, he's broken it fifteen times already since we've had the court order. But the way he's broken it is um, by having him up where my son lives, so in our in our hometown. That's understandable because he just basically doesn't want to travel four hundred miles to have him for the sake of a weekend. But yeah. for him to have broken it by not coming to pick him up to take him to his house. That is completely out of the ordinary for him. Okay. Um, and obviously there's, there's been no message with it either. Okay. Um, I mean, look, there isn't anything you can do, Beth. I'll be completely honest. I think you're just going to have to sit it out and perhaps something happened um, and he's going to provide you with a really good explanation at some point. But your question, right. what can you do? There isn't anything you can do. If it's consistent, and it sounds to me as if it may be, um, and you feel that the inconsistency is having a detrimental effect on the child, then as I say before, you can stop it. If you feel that right. actually all this inconsistency just isn't good and we're all over the place and we don't know whether we're coming or going with it and dad's just unable to keep into a routine, you, you can stop it. And perhaps choose an alternative form of contact, such as indirect. Such a, depends on how old the children are, of course, but phone calls or FaceTime or something like that. Yeah, he, he doesn't do that either. That's also in the court order that he's to ring my son every Wednesday uh, for a video call, and he he doesn't he doesn't do that. And okay. my son's got to the point he's nine now, and he's got to the point where he's like, well, if he's not going to speak to me, then I'm not going to ring him. It's not up to me to do all of that. And he's also got to the point now where he just doesn't want to go to his dad's. Yeah. So obviously that's not me but I'm like you've got to we've got you know it's lawful that you've got to go so I I will always hold up my end of the bargain so I'm just basically too scared to get in trouble with it but obviously he's just not bothered about being his life yeah I can gather yeah 
And sadly, Beth, no court order will force a parent to have contact. I'm sure if you listen to me right. regularly, you've heard me say that a few times. And yeah. you, you are caught, caught between a rock and a hard place, really. Yeah. Um, you, you can't force him to have contact. And equally, you've got to protect the child if he doesn't want to go. Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? But all, all you can do at this stage is, is just protect the child as much as you can. Right. So in what do, do, by that, do you mean, like, would I be able to, cause like I say, I, like, say for like the half terms, we don't plan anything. And it, it's getting to the point where I didn't even get him any of his like pack up, you know, his dinner stuff in or his little drinks bottles that he has. Because I thought there's no point he's going to his dad's. So I didn't have any of that. We've had nothing planned. Like, I can't keep doing that every school holiday. So yeah. So is there anyone that I can speak to? Like, would I apply for another car order or...? I, I don't think you have to, Beth. I mean, you know, you're the person that's in control. If if it's too... If it's messing you about too much, then, you you know, you have the option to just stop that. You can exercise your PR, your parental responsibility, and stop that and just go ahead and make plans. I'd probably right. be reaching out to Dad to say, you know, seven days before or 14 days before whatever it is um look are you coming if not if i don't hear from you the next 24 hours i'm gonna have to make plans put him on notice that actually yeah. you can't be left in you know in the lurch again um and take it from there really right okay and sorry my other question was regarding parental responsibilities also i, I took um, some advice out last year because my current partner, we're getting married in November. We've got a baby together. Um, obviously, he's taken on my son as his own. He always has done. Um, what would be... Because my son desperately... It's hard for me to not say his name, but my son desperately wants to have the same surname as what I'm going to have, what my partner's got and what mm. his brother's got. What would be the chances of me kind of... That's, I know that I have to ask his dad for permission, but what would do. be the chances That's of me getting that into play? Like, slightly, yeah, slightly... Slightly more difficult, Beth, um, because obviously that's he's, he's already got his dad's name and he's already been known by yeah. his dad's name, but not impossible. Start by right. asking for dad's permission, okay? Right. If dad gives you permission, well, then you're home and dry. If he doesn't, right. you're going to have to make an application to the court using a C1 form, all right? right. And then you would explain to the court that actually um, with a new partner, marry my new partner, you know, another sibling along the way, um, already here, whatever the situation is when you make the application. Um, and the court, you you know, I know it sounds a bit crass, but sometimes it depends on the judge you get on the day as to whether or not oh, that right, will, okay. will, will succeed. But right. you, you, you need to give it a go, as all I would say. Give yeah. it a go. Yeah, I don't um, know unless I don't try Exactly, that. exactly. They're not easy applications to succeed on, so just know that. But I think right. once, you, once you know that, you've got nothing to lose, have you? It's just yeah, a bit absolutely. of paperwork and your time, really. Yeah. All right? Yeah, that's great. Right. Thank you very much All right. for that. Thanks, Beth. Thank Bye. Can I just say, guys, before I go on to the next um, caller, which is Katie, that we have hit just over 10,000 members yeah. on Discord. That is amazing. Thank you so yeah. much for your support. Yeah, you. Hello, Katie. <laughs> Thank you for that. What's your question? Hi. So I feel like you might tell me off, Tracy, but um, yesterday was my date for exchanging my Form E. Yeah. Um, and I got the time wrong and I sent it four hours earlier than what I was supposed to. <laughs> okay. Is yes. it court order or um, voluntary exchange, first of all? It was court ordered. Okay. That's okay. Well, I, I say court ordered, but it was his... Uh, I haven't actually heard from the court yet. Um, right. It was the solicitor saying this is the date to exchange and it's been in the planning for about two months now. Right. Okay. Well, look, 
Yeah, I mean, look, that yeah, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, you know, you you got you got the date right, so that's okay. That you're a little bit early. That's all right. Don't worry about that. Well, the funny thing was, was that I I sent it, and yeah. then I took my twins off swimming for the rest of the day, and yeah. um, I get an email from them, and an hour before the actual time of ex- the supposed exchange, saying that they needed more time, and that they needed to now postpone to Friday. Okay, in which case, Katie, you you can't say no really because you can't force what yeah. what they haven't got. You would you would agree to that, but you would say under no circumstances does he get to see your for me. So yes. they must hold on to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, what I suppose I'm really um, wanting to ask is. Yeah. To me, it just seems a little bit shady, and it just seems to be an hour before they're supposed to exchange after two months in the planning. Yeah, they have to, after having my form for three hours prior. Yeah, um, it seems like they are taking. There may be. I don't know if I. I would imagine that he's got some money that he's hiding. Well, I know for a fact he's got money coming um, this year. That I just would have thought, as not you as a solicitor, because obviously you're you have so much grace and uh and deplorum but um do you think that they would maybe give him a little nudge and say look she's put on here that you're supposed to get 25 grand and you've actually it's not on your form that i've got in front of me oh god i really want to say no because that is so unethical but yeah. I think all you have to do, Katie, is is say to them, look, I want you as a solicitor to promise me that you will not show him my for me until such times or, or speak to him about it or even read it yourself as a solicitor until I have received his. Is it shady? I don't know. Like if, if we are due to do an exchange of for me's, let's say four o'clock and we get to midday and the client just hasn't sent us everything we need, we are letting the other side know. But generally we will give it sort of, you know, by lunchtime so that we've got plenty of time. And if we do happen to receive a Form E early, we literally leave it in the email box. We won't read it, we won't open it. We will go back to the side and say, look, we get that you've sent it to us early. We were gonna ask you to um, if we could have a bit more time, um, but we can guarantee we are not gonna open that email and, and read it. Um, yeah. uh, I, I, that's all I can yeah. say. Yeah, I, that's all I can say. I Sorry, Katie. That's okay, it was, it was a four o'clock um, deadline. And this email from them saying that they suddenly had to postpone was three o'clock. Yeah. It yeah. just seemed a little bit... I did send the email to say, under no circumstances, any of my details to be passed on to him. Good. Give him advantage. Um, Good. Is there anything that I need to maybe highlight at court about this, do you think? Or just leave no, as is? No, I would leave as is. I mean, I think, you know... Ultimately, as solicitors, we are officers of the court, so you would like to think that they're going to do the right thing and not disclose anything to him, and I'm sure that they won't. Will they open it and read it and let him know what's in there? Again, you'd hope that he won't. But for now, I would do nothing. I I would do nothing, Katie. Don't don't highlight it with the court. Unless you get his for me and then you spot something in there and think, "Mm, actually, how would he have known to put that had he not seen my for me first? Do you know what I mean? But for yeah, now, absolutely. for now, do nothing. Okay. All, all right. right. Thank you, Great. Tracy. That's all right. Thanks, Katie. Bye bye. Yeah. Um, had a question on uh, TikTok there. Just why I'm waiting for RU to come up to the stage, and it was what is a form E? Um, simply a form E is a form that you will swap with the other side, and it will just catalogue all of your assets, your debts 
and what it is that you need from the divorce settlement really the other side do there for me and then you switch them and it helps us as solicitors see your financial picture as our client but also what the other side's financial picture is as well um, right are you what's your question basically i've had a I've been married for in relationship and living together for 30 years the last 10 years separated yeah um i've stayed in the marital home and paid the mortgage um it which has now completed three years ago my ex is now saying that he feels he should be entitled to half the rental income for the property for the whole of the time that i've been here okay um i was just wondering if you give me any advice on that so are you married first of all Yes. You are. Um, so the answer to that then would be no. You Are you a joint owner of the property? It's the marital home, I take it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's in both yeah, names. yeah. So no is, is, is the answer to that. Um, as a joint owner, he is entitled to half of the equity that's in there. And there may be reasons that I'm unaware of at this stage as to, you know, which would mean that we could leave 50-50 and what we call depart from equality. Um, but to answer your question, no. No, there's, there's, there'd be no rent entitlement. It's the family home. Okay, so even since I've completed the mortgage and yep. I haven't been needing to pay anything, yep. um, he wouldn't be entitled to anything for that period. Well, no, because you, you completed the mortgage, but he will benefit from still getting 50% of the equity. So it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? He was going to benefit because he hasn't paid the mortgage. And you know, absolutely. And you've had exclusive use of the property. You've looked after it. I'm sure you've maintained it and all the rest of it. And he'll benefit from that, because if the property were to be placed on the market for sale, um, then whatever you have done to it may have improved its value. For example, even just maintaining it, you know, is going to help. So no, it's very different when you're a married couple to when you're not married. My answer would be very different if you weren't married, but you're, you're, you'll be fine. Brilliant. Thank you so All right. much for that, Tracy. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Um, quick question on the TikTok. Just while we're on the uh, For Me um, journey, someone has said uh, it's Pasnik. How do you log a For Me simultaneously without a solicitor? Pasnik, you would simply do it as we do it. You email the other side and say, how does Friday, the 3rd of March at 4pm sound? Are you happy to exchange for me's and we'll email them to each other at that time? And then just before 4pm, you would email the other side and say, are you ready to exchange now? And hopefully they'll say yes and then you just do it. And ultimately one of you are going to get it first, but that's okay. Um, so long as, you know, the exchange happens, that's okay. Um, Cheryl, what's your question? Yeah, hello there. Obviously, I'm oh. Cheryl. I'm Cheryl's partner using <laughs> okay. her account. Um, okay. I could I could do with some advice, please. Um, I'm in the process of the financial negotiations around getting divorced. Yeah. And my ex is currently living in the house with yeah. our two children. Um, I'm looking at what my options are to kind of get off the mortgage, given that she's not kind of making any efforts to improve the hours that she's working or her salary or anything like that. And I don't want to pay the extra stamp duty for having a second house to buy yep. another one yeah it that will depend if she's going for the measure order and i'm sure if you're halfway through maybe you have heard of, of the of the measure order at this stage 
it will depend yeah. on I mean obviously if she has only ever worked part time throughout the marriage um, and throughout the relationship the court's not going to force her to go back full time straight away it's going to depend on yeah. how old the children are generally if children are at infant or junior school uh, we wouldn't be asking mums to sort of go back full time um, but again it all depends on the circumstance it will depend on the type of property that she's in is she overcompensated with that property you know is it going to be too big for her and the children and therefore it's not reasonable for her to stay in the property and equally can she afford to stay there you know lots of people want the the mesher order because it enables them to stay in the property until the youngest is 18 but of course with that comes responsibility of running that property and there's only so much spousal maintenance you're going to be able to ask the other side for so there's lots of different factors um, what have you taken any legal advice at the moment? Yes, I, I currently have a solicitor Good. involved, but we're still kind of waiting for all of the relevant financial information to be sure. disclosed from from my ex before we can actually do anything about it. But um, but I think um, the the, 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 the merits of her succeeding on a measure order, your solicitor will be able to ask you now because you you'll know the answers to lots of those questions. So I would be going back to them to say, look, I'm a little bit worried. You know, what are the chances of, of her being able to stay in the property? And if the chances are high, the next question would be, and for how long? You know, is it that is it yeah. that she'll be allowed to stay there until the youngest is 18? And again, that might come down to what she does for a living. Um, you know, what you both earn, etc. how old the children are, what your needs are. You know, sometimes separations take place and, you know, one party goes off and is in a new relationship and maybe has other children that they've got to rehouse do you know what I mean so there's lots lots of yeah. things to be taken to be factored in okay great thank you all um, right and so there was there's there's one other question which will hopefully be very quick um my ex is also delaying the legal process of the financial negotiations by quite a lot um okay. sort of claiming her solicitor's not been sending correspondence on to her and things like that yeah um but not really showing any kind of willing to pursue any complaints against her solicitor for these delays I obviously don't know whether it is the solicitor introducing the delays or whether it's her, but I think, you know, there's an ethics code and I think we can probably have a good guess at that. I just wonder what my options are around that. So if it's voluntary, you're in the middle of a voluntary disclosure, I would be mm -hmm. letting it go so far and then saying to my client, look, this is becoming ridiculous now. We should have had all this wrapped up in two months and we're now into month six let's make a court application because a court application is going to give us some hard deadlines we're going to have dates that we've got to comply with and of course if the other side are deliberately dragging their feet and not complying then we can start to make cost applications because now it's costing you money so again it's a judgment call really um but at some point you might just have to say right enough with the voluntary because she is dragging her feet and let's just make the court application. Because effectively, the work that you're putting in now is exactly the same as if you were before the judge. So, you know, there's no yeah. difference to doing the for me, doing the questionnaires, exchanging all your disclosure, etc. So it's a judgment call, I would say. So straight to court rather than going through mediation, would you say? But the thing is, if she's not, if she's not engaging in voluntary disclosure, what's to say that she's going to engage in mediation? 
Do you know what I mean? Again, it's a judgment call, isn't it? It's difficult for me to know, you know, from a two-minute sort of conversation or the what's been going on in the case. But I, I'd guess if they're not willing to do voluntary disclosure, because when you get to mediation, the mediator will say, right, well, let's start with disclosure. Let's get all that on the table. And you think, well, she's not going to provide it because that's what we've been asking her for. So I would just take the view and go to court. Okay, fair enough. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Yes, bye-bye. Right, guys, that brings us to the end of another evening. So, again, for those of you on Facebook that might be new um, to all of this, we do six or seven, and we do it Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. So sometimes we've gone a little bit over. I couldn't do it last night. I'll always send out a message on Discord if I'm not able to jump on. And generally, um, if I do have to cancel, it's always because of work, no other reason than that. Um, so yeah, I hope you um, guys enjoyed that. Thanks as ever to TikTok and all my helpers. I have so many moderators on TikTok that I really couldn't do um, without it. Hello, Mart. I was listening, uh, looking out for you, Mart, but um, neither you or Captain were in the lounge or did you had your hand up this evening, so that's fine. Um, so yeah, I will leave it there. I'll be back tomorrow at six o'clock. Until then, take care. Apologies to those of you still with your hand up. Um, I just couldn't get round to all of you tonight. It's been a real busy lounge, but as I say, I'm back tomorrow at six, so get here early and I'll speak to you then. Bye, guys.